Genesis 25, verses 19 to 28. These are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham fathered Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, the Aramean, of Paddan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. And Isaac prayed to the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord granted his prayer, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. The children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you shall be divided. The one shall be stronger than the other, the older shall serve the younger. When her days to give birth were completed, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, all his body like a hairy cloak, so they called his name Esau. Afterward, his brother came out with his hand holding Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob. Isaac Isaac was sixty years old when she bore them. When the boys grew up, Esau was a skillful hunter, a man of the field, while Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, we got the two Wills yes. today. Will Kynes. Joined in person, I think for the first time, you and I. We've yes. Done yeah, this is over, the first two Wills yeah. ODR Man. in person. Well, yeah. This is a holiday. <laughs> um, and, you know, I've, we've been referring to you as the auspicious muse. So this is... An, an extra inspired episode. Yeah, coming out from behind the curtain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, so we're moving forward in the genealogy of Christ and, and down the line of patriarchs. And so Isaac, um, you know, the, uh, Laughter is his name. Isaac has two sons. Once again, we have a very familiar uh, tale here, a barren woman. Yes. And so, and I think we can overlook that, but it's actually mm -hmm. crucial here. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, the whole message behind Advent uh, is this idea of God's light breaking into the darkness mm -hmm. uh, and God working in unexpected ways. Mm -hmm. And what's more unexpected than a barren woman having a child? And that becomes important in the birth of Christ, yeah. right? Uh, so even here, and it, it's kind of hidden in this narrative. Yeah, It's not a big part of this mm -hmm. story, and so we could easily overlook it, but it still is consistent, and they're trying to hammer home this point. Yeah, I mean, that's it's amazing foreshadowing, because really there's only one thing more unexpected than a barren woman giving birth to a child, and that's a virgin giving birth <laughs> exactly. to a child. Yeah. So uh, yeah, definitely need to pick up on that. We also have two brothers, um, and you know this is not the first time. So uh, there's Ishmael and Isaac, and mm -hmm. there's that dichotomy. And so here we have Jacob and Esau. You know, I think this is interesting. We probably even just reading this, I was thinking, you know, I probably need to check my like uh, more modernized view of people, and, and as they're described, or as the author is describing. Jacob and Esau, just to think about it, especially through a cultural lens, you have this manly man mm -hmm. and then you have this, you know, cheater <laughs> right. who is a quiet man dwelling in tents. There wasn't the metropolitan complex yet. And so uh, this is not a compliment to Jacob, right. uh, you know, and um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on this passage? Will? 
Well, I mean, I don't think that we can read this passage apart from Romans 9, which mm-hmm. is a reflection on this passage. And it's talking about this idea. I mean, at the end of the passage, we have Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game, but mm-hmm. Rebecca loved Jacob. Yeah. But when we get to Romans 9, it talks about how uh, Romans 9, 13, as it is written, Jacob, I loved, but Esau, I hated. Yeah. Uh, and so we've seen this. We have different sons. We've got Isaac and Ishmael, but even earlier we had Cain and Abel, right? And so mm-hmm. this tension between where is this line going to go? How is God going to work through these generations? Because yeah. we're following this grand narrative all the way back from Genesis 3.15, which is promising that through the offspring of the woman, a redeemer will come. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it takes a circuitous route and it doesn't always go the way we would expect. And mm-hmm. even the the choice of Jacob, not only is he not the manly man, but also he's the second born. Mm. Uh, and yet God, again, thwarts our expectations, works in unexpected ways, choosing Jacob to love Jacob. And, and why exactly he loves Jacob? Hard to know. I mean, when you read these stories, yeah. and we're not looking at a lot of them now, uh, but We've looked at some of them in the past. Jacob is a trickster. He's a schemer. He's not always faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and yet God is faithful to him despite his unfaithfulness. Gosh, absolutely. Yeah, Jacob definitely decides to live into his name. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, he the heel grabber. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's like, well, grabbing heels, I shall. <laughs> and so, yeah, as we progress, uh, and we won't do it here. But as you progress through the the life of Jacob, you you really see him live into that, and um, he he's really backhanded and, and um, kind of embraces uh, shame to a degree, and you know to bring it up to Matthew one, um, mm-hmm. where we see the genealogy of Christ uh, breaking, you know this huge gap in the biblical narrative just one of the things that we are constantly reminded of is how the bloodline of Christ is stained with Hmm. the brokenness of humanity. And, um, you know, it's stained with adultery, prostitution, um, murder, you know, the, the whole gamut, Mm -hmm. but it is upheld by God's faithfulness. And that is the, um, you know, agent that binds it all together. So, what are what are your thoughts on you know I I don't want to get um off track into the like Jacob I loved Esau I hated um and, and you know that's a whole sermon or books yeah. worth of yeah. content um but what what are your thoughts on, on God's favor that He shows and I also think it's interesting to connect you know Jacob obviously kind of burns the bridge with Esau. And they meet later in life, and Esau, Esau shows great mercy to Jacob. Yeah, and so I think it's easy to like give Esau, you know, uh, devil horns and a, a pitchfork. But yeah, what are your thoughts on sort of the dynamic there and how it plays into the redemptive story? Yeah. Well, you know, I couldn't say it any better than Paul does. So he <laughs> goes on in the next verse in Romans nine. He says, "What shall we say then? Is there injustice on God's part? Mm-hmm. By no means." For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. And then I think this is the key application point, verse 16. So then it depends not on human will or exertion, but on God Mm. who has mercy. Mm -hmm. I think you could look at 
Jacob's whole biography as trying to nail that message home for mm-hmm. us, which is it's not on the basis of our actions. We're not going to earn God's favor. He will have mercy on who he has mercy. And even that scene that you mentioned between Jacob and Esau, mm-hmm. um, up until the moment that Esau embraces Jacob when they meet, Jacob thinks that Esau is going to kill him mm-hmm. and his whole family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what happens between Jacob hearing that Esau is coming and Jacob actually meeting with Esau is Jacob wrestling with mm-hmm. God. Yeah. And that physical wrestling with God follows him wrestling with God in prayer mm-hmm. and beseeching God to yeah. intervene on his behalf. Yeah. And so even Esau's favor, we can see as a reflection of God's favor in that the way that Esau receives Jacob is a reflection of God at work in creating reconciliation between human beings, uh, which is, I, yeah, I hadn't really thought about this before. We're just talking about it right now, but you do see this conflict, Cain and Abel, Jacob and Esau, Ishmael and Isaac. But along with that, there's always this other undercurrent of God's reconciling work between mm. people who are at enmity between one another and ultimately people who are at enmity with God himself because of their sin. And so along with the the contest comes the the reconciliation, which again, huge Advent theme, yeah. right? reconciliation yeah. of God and man together, which yeah. we're seeing in Christ who takes on human flesh. Absolutely. You, you know, I, I do think what you're hitting at is so helpful to keep in the back of the mind. Um, what, you know, this is all stemming from God's covenant with Abraham. So mm-hmm. all this is happening because God's holding true to his covenant. And one of the main pillars of that covenant is that through Abraham, all nations of the world would be blessed. Yeah. So I think it's easy to get kind of hung up on, you know, there's, there's these forks in the road where God says, you know, basically his blessing is not going forward with this person. It's going forward with this. It's not going with Ishmael. It's going with Isaac. It's not going with Esau. It's going with Jacob. And it's easy to get caught up on the like exclusive Mm -hmm. nature of that. And it feels kind of merciless or cold blooded. And yet what is God doing? He's crafting a plan so that all nations can come to him. And and so even in that, the mercy of God is displayed because of what he's bringing forth in Christ. Yeah, that's great. Uh, That there is always this inclusive driving force Mm -hmm. behind the story from beginning to end. Uh, And we should lean into that as in this time of Advent, where that is ultimately shown in the Son of God um, coming to redeem all of humanity. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, a really helpful word as we await the Savior this Advent season for Will Kynes. This is Will Carlisle. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.